18, just like that, Thanksgiving next week. Imagine that, Thanksgiving next week. But that doesn't mean that the show's not going to go on here at Common Sense Ohio. And uh, for those who haven't followed, or for those who don't know, Common Sense Ohio is now official. That means we have a full show. It's not just Lawyer Talk Roundtable masquerading as Common Sense Ohio. It is Common Sense Ohio here with Brett Johnson, Norm Murdoch, and yours truly from uh, Lawyer Talk fame, Steve Palmer. And now we actually even have a website, and it's going to be commonsenseohioshow.com. And for a while, you can still catch the episodes there, uh, wherever you get your podcast, always. But for a while, you can still, uh, we'll run it parallel with uh, Lawyer Talk. Uh, so you can still go to lawyertalkpodcast.com. But uh, the Common Sense Ohio show is launched, and you would say, what the heck, or ask perhaps, what the heck is Common Sense Ohio, and why would I even care about listening to anything that makes any common sense, and Ohio is nonsensical anyway? Uh, well, that's not so, because the idea here is this. Ohio is right in the middle, right from the middle. It is flyover country, as Norm likes to say, it is a perfect launching point to discuss topics not just relevant to Ohio, but perhaps have uh, some connection to Ohio. But as Ohio goes, maybe you could say so does the rest of the country. Now, if you live out in California, I'm sorry. Uh, if you live out in New York, I'm sorry. Um, upstate New York, I'm not sorry. I like it up there. Uh, but, it, it, you know, if, if you're in the coast, maybe you're thinking, well, Ohio, blah, blah, blah. But uh, think again. Think again. Uh, if you look at the last election, uh, look at the states that matter. Look at the upcoming 2024 election. Look at the states that will matter. As Ohio goes, so often uh, does the country. So uh, we have, uh, and we're going to talk, and, and the idea here is not to be overly political, although we do get there sometimes, but the idea is to analyze political questions, political issues, political topics, or any legal topics, any social topics, any um, uh, woke, unwoke, whatever the nonsense is, with a common sense viewpoint and share. And I mean share and exchange ideas freely. Have free speech, in other words, where you're not going to be censored, where you can say what you want, but you better be prepared to defend it with common sense, logic, reason, and experience. So without further ado, we got Norm back at the roundtable. It's not just a phone-in. Uh, he's back from uh, the wars, mm-hmm. the Punic Wars down in Texas. That's and, right. But and, not puny wars. Punic. Yeah, Punic, punic. maybe, but not puny. Yeah. There's nothing puny in Texas. I could tell you that. I, I imagine <laughs> well, maybe you were, but the rest of Texas was not. Oh no, I came back with a gold medal, buddy. All right, well, oh, good nice. for you. Yeah. Good, good. You know, I got to thinking. You've had pr- previous episodes on Lawyer Talk talking about the uh, the nuances of Thanksgiving and how those families coming together could be a war. Oh yeah. Oh. And yeah. I think bringing in Common Sense Ohio podcast to the conversation is the smartest thing anybody can do. I agree. Yeah, so you, you yeah. could say at the table, it's like, you say the prayer, okay, be thankful so, for the food. And so when say, you say the prayer, now we're talking about religion, Yeah. okay? So in my household, the other thing we talked about that, you know, basically, you know, most families proscribe is, oh, you can't talk politics. Well, in, if, you, if you grew up the son of a politician, <laughs> that's all the hell you talk about. <laughs> Right, As right. you talk about politics and you talk about religion, and that is table talk. Well, don't fight about politics and don't fight about religion, but talking about them and exchanging ideas about politics, religion, and anything else, I think is always fair game. I think it's stupid to have taboo topics. Well, Steve, you know, unless you're talking about like Marquis de Sade or something. I, <laughs> I got to tell you, our family conversations usually ended up with one of the sons in jug. And having to go to his bedroom for the night and and think about what he had just said to my dad, 
Oh. Yeah. So it, it did result in arguments and it did result in challenges and um, provocative statements. And I have to say, probably 90, 90% of those involved me uh, out of uh, six children. I can't imagine. No, I can't imagine. Uh, yeah. The blabbermouth oldest son was usually the one in trouble. But I think that I demonstrated for my siblings. Um, a little bit of bravery, a little bit of uh, independence, and and looking at how successful my siblings are, I think it's good for every family to have a rebel. I think that um, I think that serves every family well, as long as there's love in the household, and there certainly was in ours. Yeah. Well, I tell you, um, you, uh, I agree with you. I think there ought to be arguments, debates, discussions about all sorts of topics at Thanksgiving. And maybe maybe I maybe I, I think having somebody center their room or, or something like that, there's lessons to be learned there too, right? Because yeah, uh, if right. you don't learn how to debate with somebody in a uh, appropriate manner at Thanksgiving when you're a kid, then when are you going to learn it? Yeah, Elon Musk would have loved my dad uh, because Elon is sending Twitter employees to the room. They, oh, have to, they have to sign a little pledge that says they're going to work their asses off, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the freebies are gone because there is nothing free in life. No, I mean, no the idea that, a, that you know, you have a nice boss that feeds you meals and, you know, has this and that, that's costing the boss money that he otherwise perhaps would have paid you in its salary. Correct. So it's right. like, you know, if you think you're getting it for free, you're not, you know, like, it's, it's, you know, I, I this idea that, you know, things are free. It's 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 such a Gen Z. Well, this would this would be like a tax question for an accountant at some juncture. But it's like I, I used to say when I had lots of employees up there. It's like I can get you this for free, but I, I didn't mean free. I don't even think I always said free. But I can get you this outside payroll. Like I can give you a cell phone. Yeah. And I can give you. Uh, I can pay your mileage. Yeah. And right. I can pay these things. It's not free. No. But it's outside the realm of payroll, so yeah. I'm not paying payroll tax on it. Right, and it's a the, these perks. But now they cost du- me money. But now they are Stunning. W. They're W twoing just about everything anymore. And now there's that press in California. Remember when you used to get a car? Yeah. Remember, yeah, you know, like salesman got a car yeah. from the company. Right. That's, that still happens. But but it, now it's on a W two. Is it really? Oh yeah. Oh, so oh, yeah. a sales force like the the company car is no oh, longer company car. That's one thing. But then the mileage has to be strictly company. But when a guy used to get a car from the company, right? Yeah. Company would write it off. The guy was free to use it personally. You know, could take his family to vacation, whatever. Well, now the IRS makes you completely document the miles. And for the miles that are attributed to your personal life, that's taxable. And it has to be W-2'd or you have to pay tax on it. That's that's going to be a disaster in this day and age of working from home and working remotely. I mean, it just is. Um, yeah, it's been that way for a little while, but they're W-2'ing everything anymore. I've I'm, thought about for a long time just buying a, 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 low, a, a high, what am I trying to say? A car that gets great gas mileage, right? And sticking it in my lot because yeah. so often I'm driving to Cleveland, or I'm driving to Cincy, I'm driving to Dayton, sure. I'm driving to Newark, I'm driving right. to Mount Vernon, right. or London, or Marysville, and just use that solely for work. But I've never put been a, able to make the numbers a, work. Put a big sticker on it, you know, uh, uh, advertising your law firm. And, no, 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 Common Sense Ohio sticker. Uh, uh, but put a sticker on there, you know. Uh, 
attorney on board <laughs> yeah. hit me and it's your ass you know? <laughs> sue me i dare you yeah. dare you All right, so exactly thanksgiving we, like, yeah. we ought to just cover thanksgiving i mean there's uh yeah. the history the family it's like we're yeah. an american tradition yeah we used to watch mm. uh back when there were only three networks uh there was no cable we little kids we used to watch uh the wizard of oz it was broadcast every thanksgiving and my favorite part uh, just to bring this back to uh, current uh, Wicked Witches is, um, you know, we were talking about the election last week. And, yeah, it wasn't a red tsunami. Maybe it wasn't a huge red wave, but it was a pretty good wave because ding dong, the Wicked Witch is dead. That yes, was she my, is. That was, that was my favorite part of the of the wizard of oz man when 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 the little melting well when the when the soldiers and the little monkey guys that used to work for the wicked witch were suddenly freed of her and flipped right they 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 joined the others they joined the happy people and they marched around with their little wait a minute they didn't get canceled for being (laughs) no they they were allowed to they were allowed to evolve right and become good good little monkeys and good little soldiers and they, they marched around so happy, ding dong, the Wicked Witch is dead. And I, I think there's probably a lot of collective uh, sighing, probably even on the Democratic side, that she is stepping down. Enough. Not in, enough. Jesus, is enough. enough. Yeah. And, and that Steny Hoyer dude, her, her yes man, uh, him too. So he's, he's resigning. What you, you, your, your uh, Wizard of Oz story, story gave me a little history reminiscence i guess or a thought about uh world war ii there was a time when in the spring of 44 i guess it would have been uh the american troops were working our way towards uh berlin and they encountered the nazi troops retreating going back west from the from the uh, soviets who were coming fast yeah and uh they were uh they were actually having conversations with the american soldiers like come on with us yeah, sure. We right. have to go fight the Soviets. Right. And, uh, you know, the Americans rejected that. And I, I can't even say for bad reason at the time. I mean, they were Nazis. They were Nazi soldiers, and we just fought them for four years. Well, the Russians were our allies. And the Russians were... Mm-hmm. After being Hitler's a, allies. A tenuous, I mean, was, a tenuous ally, we will say. Yeah, the Russians flipped. So the Russians in 1939, September 1939... The, the Soviet Union joined with Hitler in a non-aggression pact and then right. promptly uh, carved Poland in half. Uh, they both simultaneously invaded Poland, the Germans from the west, the, the Soviets from the east, and they met in the middle and they bifurcated Poland. And uh, Stalin was an absolute ally at that point with Adolf Hitler. Yeah. And, and when Hitler... When Hitler invoked Operation Barbarossa, which then attacked his invasion of the Soviet Union, obviously uh, the non-aggression pact was voided, and suddenly Stalin was like, hey, you know, who is my friend? Well, FDR and um, and Winston Churchill were happy to sign him a, a, onto the uh, yeah. Allied side. And it was, uh, you know, you can, you can almost understand how or why that could occur but man, Stalin had no, I don't think Stalin had any intent on remaining yeah. um, loyal to Hitler any right. more than Hitler had right. any intent on remaining loyal to Stalin. And if there's an interesting history lesson, the Katyn Forest 
if you want to, uh, you're talking about when they both invaded Poland and, and it brutal. Yeah. Brutal how they treated the Poles, the Soviets. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. They rounded up every single high ranking official and shot them. Just shot them. Well, the, the reason for the Katyn Forest uh, massacre, and it was on the order of 20,000 Polish officers, was to forever decapitate uh, the, the leadership for a Polish uprising against the Soviets. Yeah. So, and, Brutal and bastards. It, and yeah, they took out a generation of Polish intellectuals, Polish uh, military, uh, and, and, and the Poles were military geniuses in a lot of ways. Um, they uh, obviously didn't have the industrial might of Germany, but their courage in battle uh, was extraordinary. And uh, frankly, uh, we're, we're possibly going to see a repeat of that, um, you know, if, if uh, Putin decides uh, to do anything crazy with regards to the Poles. We had a little false uh, scare this week with a couple missiles that really came from the Ukraine uh, accidentally and not from uh, the Soviet Union or Russia. But um, let me tell you what, um, if you think the Ukrainians are fighters, they got nothing on the Poles. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know how we got sort of sideways there. Yeah. I mean, what's that have to do with Ohio? Well, it makes sense. It's common sense, right? So yeah. you, you have this, you have this notion in the Wizard of Oz that uh, we can accept uh, the the other side, yeah, and, and and actually learn and realize that the individuals down at the local, individual, personal level are all the same, right? We are all either we're all flawed in our own ways. We all have value in our own ways. And you don't just cancel the entire world because you disagree with them on a certain topic. But even more than that, Steve, the Wizard of Oz, the ding dong, the wicked witch is dead. It Mm -hmm. teaches us that That, as much as Pelosi's gone. Well, as much as we (laughs) as much as we want to be let down as we don't want to be. But as much as we want to discuss being let down, that we didn't get this tsunami and the polls were wrong. It is a time for celebration, right? It is, I mean, the Republicans have the House. Now, right, they don't have the Senate. They don't have the presidency. Well, not yet. They're not going to pass legislation that's going to be accepted. But you got crazy old Mitch out there running the Senate saying, well, you know, let's do the stuff between the two 40-yard lines that we can all agree. Hey, Mitch, there really isn't anything we agree on. Not anymore. What I want is absolute frozen gridlock. Yes. That's what I want. I agree. Hundred percent. And I just got gridlock, and I am so happy about yeah. that. I, That's what it I, is. You know, my toes are curling over the idea that the House they can pass symbolic legislation. I love that. Go ahead and pass very aggressive legislation that shows your intent and what you would do. But let's block uh, the uh, let's block these budget bills that have packed into them all the crazy Chuck Schumer and AOC crap. I mean, that's just got to stop. And look, the last time we had a balanced budget, was it Clinton? Yeah. Clinton's second half of his second half? Because he lost. To Newt Gingrich, essentially. Right, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He he lost, and they couldn't pass anything. Yeah. And all of a sudden... Unless he worked with Newt. Unless he worked with Newt. Right. And when you can't pass anything, you have this gridlock. And I remember, what's his name? Um, uh, 
who was the guy you say gridlock stockdale was his was his <laughs> yeah, roommate right right uh, right, right but i remember th- i didn't realize at the time but looking back that's good that's good that's, that's what great. the federal government is supposed to be right. everyone's like they're blocking you can't get anything done well the federal government was not intended to right. be um left unchecked you know let, let me ask you fellas something mm-hmm. so when they shut down for a few days the federal government goes you know and, and they still paid social security checks and they still had a military that was functional so those people got paid but basically when the bureaucrats stayed home did your lives change in any no. appreciable way less no. news Oh, no. dude, I was the happiest guy yeah. in the world. It's like, you know what? If if we could shut it down and they just got their check and stayed at home and didn't do anything, that's progress. Yep. Yeah. You yeah. know, I and, mean, and, that, that, yeah. that, stay home. Don't don't pass any more stupid uh, Department of Transportation or Federal Aviation Administration. No bills that have that have oh. names that are right that are designed to, to mislead you to mislead right. you about their right. intent. Exactly right? the yeah. infrastructure bill. Like there was no oh. infrastructure in the infrastructure bill or the anti-inflation bill. Are you the kidding an- me? The only shovel-ready thing was the shoveling of bullshit. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That right. that was mm-hmm. what was shovel ready, but the, uh, even Obama said his shovel ready infrastructure bill, the one he passed with Joe as vice president, basically paid for extra police and firemen. It it was a union aggrandizement bill. Yeah. It, it it didn't build highways and bridges. It didn't repair airports. It was just a gift to the public sector unions. Yeah, that's all it was. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. And they called that infrastructure. It, it's because so they're, stupid. That, that, that term infrastructure is now elastic. It means bus drivers. It means cops and firemen. You know, it means grants to people de- doing demonstration projects. And, and the public's thinking, oh, you're finally going to fix I-71. Nope. Nope. That's not what we're doing nope. with the money. Nope. You're going to add a lane. Nope. <laughs> no. no. Not going to no. happen. You're going to get that on, on your tax bill somewhere else. We're going right. to build a bullet right. train in California that goes between two points. Right. That, Don't no, even get me started that, on that, that nobody, nonsense. Nobody's going to take it. That's just nobody's, so stupid. If they're building a train out in the middle of nowhere that goes to politically correct uh, intermediate stopping points. And here's what I want to know. Here, here's what I want to know about that kind of stuff. And here's the common sense viewpoint on it. <laughs> Whose land is getting purchased? Yeah, right. What got, what land is the government going to purchase? Where are the stops going to be? Who's getting money? And I will guarantee you that if you connect all those dots, right. you will see the very true purpose of such a stupid idea. It's not because you want people to start taking trains. Right. That's the stated position. Sure. But people are getting rich behind it. Right. Right. Who's getting the contract to build it? Whose land is getting taken? Because there's a taking clause in the Constitution. That doesn't mean they just get to take it without compensation. So the government will take your land to build something like a railroad stop, and then you get a huge check. Right, right. And yep. uh, yeah. that uh, on land that's out in the middle of a desert that is otherwise valueless, all of a sudden it's worth millions because the government's going to pay millions and put a bus stop there. So, so right. uh, returning to the election and the Ohio aspects, uh, we lost Steve Shabbat, a great congressman from the Cincinnati area. Uh, with, uh, thank you, Ohio Supreme Court, and your insane redistricting uh, decisions. Uh, so he was gerrymandered out of what was once a safe um, conservative district. Uh, so he lost to the um, to the Democratic challenger. So no more Steve Shabbat. He was a staunch uh, defender of the right to life. Um, 
and a um, and a budget hawk. So that's a loss for Ohio. But on the flip side, Jim Jordan now being in the majority is going to be able to hold these hearings. And I had heard that Lindsey Graham and um, and uh, Ron Johnson and and uh, the senators on the Republican side who cannot um, at this point, unless Herschel wins, they they'll be in the minority if Warnock wins. Uh, and and uh, they won't split committee uh, chairmanships then in the Senate. Uh, if it's not 50-50, if it is 50-50, the Democrats and the Republicans will will split chairmanships, and perhaps they'll be able to have Senate hearings. But it's looking like that's not going to happen um, for sure. Uh, it may happen. So the senators that want to look into uh, Biden's uh, grift uh, with the Chinese, his grift with the Ukrainians, his grift with the Russians, him being the big guy, him being the guy in on these payola schemes uh, where he is now compromised in our foreign policy as president. They want to look into that. They want to look into the FBI crimes, the FBI setting up um, uh, the entire narrative that uh, – that uh, Trump colluded with the Russians. They want to look into those those things. How did the DNC convince the FBI to go to the FISA court and start monitoring President Trump, President-elect Trump, and then President Trump, monitor him even while he's president? And you've got Comey, you know, bragging about how he tricked uh, you know, the national security. They want to get into all those things. They want to get into the origins of COVID. The, clearly, the communist Chinese have been lying to us, been lying to the world about COVID. So Jim Jordan, as chairman of the, um, of the um, Intelligence Committee, is going to be able to uh, hold those kinds of hearings. And the uh, Republican senators basically went to Jim Jordan and I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, even host Republican senators as inquisitors um, during, um, like you can designate a lawyer for the committee. They may designate Lindsey Graham or uh, Ron Johnson. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. So there is a lot to celebrate. I think the American people have a lot of questions. And our own Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan is going to be center stage for the next two years, which is fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I think what's uh, distilling all that, I think what I heard is what's really good here is that the House's job sort of historically has been to do these types of investigations, you know, to really dig into stuff. And, 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 and some of that is are there they become sort of these public show trials and some of them like uh, actually have some meaning. But I love it when we can air out things, particularly the pandemic. I mean, let's air this crap out and find out what really happened. And a guy like Jim Jordan is a no-nonsense guy, and people don't like him because he says what he thinks and thinks what he says, And is that, if that makes any sense. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, But he, he tries to be honest about everything, and he's intellectually honest about where he comes from. He he, he would be a great Common Sense Ohio guest. He's, yes, he would. Yeah. So, yeah. Jim, we're calling you soon. Yes. But yeah. I, I like the idea that we can have some, finally, the other side of it. And I, I'll admit it'll be biased because the Republicans want – they they want to take on a different approach or take on different stuff than the Dems did, and um, you know there there was a lot of uh, sort of 
resounding, obvious silence out of the Democrat side on things like, how did the virus begin? Who made all the money on the virus? What was Fauci doing making billions or millions during the the virus shutdowns? It's like, I want to know this crap, man, because I'm pissed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think we need to look back on it because it's... It's it's part of the problem. Sure, <laughs> it, a huge part of the problem. Yeah. It, it, it you know this isn't going to be a solo effort on this. It's going to happen again in some other form. For sure. Some other. It may not be a disease or a pandemic, but it's some other payola it, scheme. Yeah, you know whatever. These yeah. These corrupt assholes shut down my business, your business, lots of people's businesses, and they made millions as a result. It is it is gross. And it's created the atmosphere that we are in today yes right. you know again the inflation you can't really point to one two three or things but guess what this inflation would not have happened well if we didn't do what we did two years ago now going on three years actually ago. the inflation wouldn't have happened if we didn't pass those billion what is it 3.5 billion and then another 3.5 billion boondoggles yes that basically printed money utter insane i, I right. look if imagine what milton freeman would say like he'd be so incensed all biden had to do was nothing Right. Nothing. Open up. This economy was already awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. It was humming along. You did not have to do anything. You could have opened it up and it would have just, it would, have, it may have taken a month or two to catch up, but it, I bet you within three months, we'd have been back right where we were. No question. Instead, they printed money and gave it away. And anybody who has any, I say this all the time, like and, Milton and, Freeman say, inflation is made in DC. And, yeah. And they spike the cost of inflation by, denying permits by shutting down the pipeline that was under construction with all those union welder and fitter jobs, you know, got people out there in North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, stitching together this uh, XL pipeline, uh, Missouri, all these, all the, the middle of America. And these are all union workers. And his first act in office is to kick those people out of their jobs. The, a lot of those guys are still unemployed. Yeah. They moved their households to these work sites, and they went from being pop-up neighborhoods. Now they're ghettos. And what's interesting, so like you have to look at it this way economically, and I'm no economics expert, but I try to look at it from a common sense standpoint. We had this huge influx of cash, free cash, and we just said nothing is free, so I'm using free in quotes, where the federal government was essentially printing money and giving it to people. At the same time, they were shackling the industrial side of things, the production side of things. So the money couldn't be used for anything. Um, And what did that do? It created these huge price increases and it devalued the dollar. Like it was this double whammy of insanity. And had they just have done nothing. Yeah. It is like Thomas Sowell always says this. It's like, it's remarkable how good the people are at recovering, how good the economy is at recovering. When you just get these assholes off the horse, you know, just, just get off the saddle and let the horses run. We're going to be just fine without you. I mean, look what it did right. for Amazon. Uh, uh, it's just unbelievable what oh, it did. Yeah. So it Amazon, sh- Walmart. They shut down Main Street, okay, and they left open the big box stores, yep. the big grocery chains. Yep. No, the mom and pop grocery chains had to shut down. Yep. The big chains got to stay open. McDonald's got to stay open. Made billions. I mean, and Amazon became the retailer for all uh, probably 90% of America was shopping at Amazon because and Norm, this is his anti-democrat idealism. like it, it was i'm still like 5 6 years ago 
the Dems all hated big companies. They all hated them. Right. Oh, I hate these big corporations. They come in and they just like Walmart comes in and destroys these towns. They put right. a big thing and they undercut everybody's labor and they, right. or they undercut everybody's costs and take right. all the labor and blah, blah, blah. And the Republicans would say, yeah, but they're creating jobs. I mean, that was sort of like that debate. Right. And it, somewhere in the middle, the common sense lies. But that, that was the, that was the, the thing. And then all of a sudden the, the over government action basically created a system that let these huge big box stores flourish on a level that is unprecedented. I and, mean, and, 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 and a long enough period too, that it's habit forming. Yeah. And at that, the same- now all of a sudden, if you need it, you go on your phone and you order from Amazon yep. where it's like, you could literally, do you really need it? Number one, right. and number two, you can go to Lowe's or home Depot or your local sure. Ace Hardware, whatever, to pick it up. But no, you need it. I mean, they're being dis- it's being discussed. Uh, these drones that are able to drop 10, 15 pound packages now. Right, truckers are. It's like they've ruined. It, and, it's and they say want it in now. The name want it of now. Progress in the name of progress. In the right. name of pro- well, you know what? Uh, if your goal is to help the common individual in our country, well, this isn't doing it. No. Right. The the other thing that happened at the same time that still staggers me is is two things. The the liberals not only embraced corporate America Mm -hmm. and Wall Street, frankly, okay, they they not in big banks like went to bed with them. Yeah, big banks Mm -hmm. went to bed with them, you know. It, it, it just a and you see that with this FTX uh, thing right now, the uh, the crypto uh, fifteen billion dollar crash. You, you see the same kind of reaction where you know the pro crypto, the pro government, the pro big business Democrats are are still shielding this guy who's clearly a criminal. Uh, but the the two things that happened along with the embrace of big corporate America, which is it contravenes the entire history of, of the lefty progressive people, is they also embraced the government. I mean, instead of the old Abby Hoffman, uh, the old Jane Fonda, the old, uh, you know, the old uh, protest era Democrats who said, you know, the last institution that you would trust for accurate information the, the last institution you would trust with your children, you know, we were going through the Vietnam War and there were young boys going off there to die. So the last institution that you would have faith in is the federal government. For good reason they thought that. For good reason. Right. And they completely have transmogrified themselves into the biggest supporter of central planning and the federal government engineering the outcomes whatever fauci mm-hmm. says whatever if triple man whatever comes out of the cdc is freaking gospel and only ron DeSantis is the new democrat he's the new protester he's the new rebel because yeah. he wasn't being spoon-fed by washington dc he had independent health experts giving him advice on what you do during a pandemic they're looking up old research from the WHO that says masks are completely ineffective, which is what Fauci said week one yep. about the pan. You know, and 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 instead, everybody on the on the liberal side marched lockstep with the federal government. And we're willing like, to like change. lemmings, like when, the opposite of what a progressive used to be. It's like it's fundamental, you know. It's like if they tell you something and it turns out that it's wrong, it's one of two things. 
They were either lying to you or they had bad information and they made a mistake. And nobody was asking either question. Were they lying or was this a mistake? And then when they changed directions and said, no, you don't need to wear masks, then they changed back, yes, you need to wear masks. Oh, I only told you you didn't need to wear right. masks because we didn't have enough masks, so now you need to wear three masks because we have lots of them. <laughs> I just say we got to so go to three dude, now. So, right. dude, go down the list of what the federal government said, whether it was children ought to be together you know, at school, and so now we got to cancel two years of school. Uh, in some states yep. and in some school districts, whether it was the vaccine thing, and now we're seeing, oh gosh, I guess we didn't test those vaccines for what the uh, later effects would be, the side effects, and now we're starting to see them. And even even people who who were very strident that you had to adhere to all this advice are now even that citadel is starting to crumble a little bit, and they're starting to go. Yeah, I was maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was hasty. But the other thing, the other thing that the liberals did during this embrace of the federal government and the embrace of well, big it wasn't business, just the liberals, by the way. You no, know, no, no. Trump but, was doing this. Oh, no, no. But no, I'm yeah. just going to stay with the liberals. Okay. We we could talk about the crimes of the right too. There's plenty to talk about. Just, just so. We and know. I don't. And mm-hmm. Trump is no conservative. I've said that from day That's one good. on this show. Absolutely. So uh, he's no movement conservative. He doesn't even know what it means. The But the third thing that's really weird about the Democrats, about the liberals and the progressives, is their, is their flip on conformity. Mm-hmm. They used to be the nonconformists in society, the people who would show up with a tie-dye T-shirt and wild hairdos and not give a crap about what people would think about them. And they would have unique ideas and strange religious beliefs. And they used to just say, yeah, man, hey, I'm doing my thing. You do your thing, I'll do my thing. As long as we don't hurt each other, man, you know, it's cool. You know, let me smoke my shit, you smoke yours. And they were the nonconformist people. Now... They are, they're the people who, if you say one thing wrong on Twitter, they want you, they want, they want you banned for life or Google or YouTube or whatever. And Elon goes from being the liberal icon and, you know, the guy who's just wonderful and the media darling to now he's a pariah. Why? Because he wants to let, once again, people on Twitter express themselves in, an, in their own iconoclastic ways. And that is such a threat to the conformists, which is what the liberals have become. Well, conformists. it's so incredible to me that you get a guy like um, um, Crosby still, Neil Young. Yeah. Okay. Who, right. be, who's got these millions of dollars and he's, he's loaded and he's, he's got his Spotify stuff. And then sure. if, then if Spotify is going to sign on Joe Rogan, he's like all of a sudden going to take this position that I'm not me and I'm going to take my toys and go home. But he's already a millionaire, so it really doesn't matter for him. Right. And he was the guy that you're talking about. He was the shout out guy. And honestly, I agreed with I agreed with that notion that you should be able to do and act and behave however you want as long as you don't step in my backyard yeah. and cause me problems. I agreed 100%. I didn't agree with Hanoi Jane going over there and sharing our secrets, but I, I you know, or, or, or collaborating with the enemy. And causing torture. And causing torture and men to be killed. But I, I did agree with the fact that she should be able to say, 
I don't agree with this war, and here's why, and I don't trust my government, and here's why. Fine. And I was mm-hmm. on I was on that side. Well, yeah. I've always been on that Absolutely. side. Absolutely. Grab a banner, go march down. I, Do I, I don't I don't care. Love That's it. fine. Love yeah. it. Absolutely. Because we need that. Right. And now all of a and, sudden. And, and, and the guys at the VFW Hall, on the other hand, that want to support the troops. You bet. That want to have their march. They should do the same. Fucking A. Sure, yeah. yeah. Right? They should do the same. Sure, absolutely. And now we don't have that. It's so bizarre to me that I can't get on the, like I couldn't go on mainstream media if I'm a doctor and say, wait a minute, this medicine doesn't make sense. I'm board certified and blah, 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 blah. And I've yeah. got all the expertise of these rest of these people, but I don't agree. Right. And now it's come out that Pfizer, uh, Moderna, these people knew that the vaccine was not going to stop transmission of this disease. Right. All these jackasses, and I have friends, and I've called them on it in some situations where they were like, "This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated." Oh, and all this crapola, and they're not—they're not saying sorry, right? But they were on there saying, "I'm ignorant, sure. I'm stupid, right? I'm uneducated, I'm a fool. This is a vax. This is a pandemic. Only you know these people." I had one guy who's a lawyer refers me business online saying essentially this is a good thing because all these idiots will just die. Oh, jeez. They'll die. Darwin, he says. Darwin. Beautiful. And it's like... That goes goes back to the AIDS and homosexuals. Yes. Right. That is exactly... so a foul. Wow. Of common sense. Well, and it's so illogical because he didn't have a scintilla of scientific evidence that he was right. He had no data. And in fact, the pharma companies you just named wanted the data buried for how many years steve what 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 did they try to get uh, the 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 regulation was that it wouldn't be open to uh, a, a freedom of information act for what was it 60 or 90 years yeah it was insane right. because they wanted to hide the data that your friend thinks was going to support his argument what he took what he's a religionist he's just like the climate religionist He's being told something that he already has a buy. He all, he wants to believe that it's true, and he just is accepting it. It's he is he is somebody who's acting on faith in the federal government rather than using his brain and actually breaking down facts and trying to understand where the data is that supports this purported policy that's going to protect us from infecting each other it turns right. out it was all bullshit i i talked to a, a, a very close doctor friend of mine during this time frame and i was like is it true that we can have like asymptomatic spread and you know it, 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 like on a very simple level he's like well not unless this is a virus that acts like no other virus ever known to mankind now it spreads quickly and certainly it was very contagious yeah but it's like if you don't have symptoms you really weren't going to spread it you know, there's the people with symptoms and then there maybe there was like a small period of time where you got a little sniffle or something happens, but it's like it spreads by sneezing, it spreads by coughing, it spreads by mm-hmm. doing all the things the virus is spreading. Do you by. remember the wiping down? Yeah, people we, were wiping out groceries. We did we did wiping down of surfaces. No, no not this we. No, no I'm <laughs> right. talking as a as a country. As a, as a, country, as a, yeah. as a policy. As a policy. Yeah. We did this wiping down of every surface. I mean, you saw Kroger. For example, just naming one real, t- you know, one retailer, Kroger had entire phalanxes of workers who were going around with these antibacterial wipes, and they were wiping down every cart, every. And we remember when 
every shelf. There was a backlash from all the antibacterial crap. Remember that? When there was like this backlash, like... Because you want some bacteria because your body needs to build this up. Otherwise, you're going to get sicker. It's even... A minor exposure, your body can overcome it if and create antibodies that are needed to overcome this. And And if you're deprived of that, what happens? But even more fundamentally, they then, about a year into COVID, said, well, it was like Fauci with the masking. He, he then basically disclosed, yeah, we knew it wasn't spread by surface contact. We knew that. It was only, you know, ec- it was only expectorating particles like when you sneeze or cough, you know, exchanging body fluids basically, you know, from your lungs and your, your nose. That's how you got it. Yeah. It wasn't through surface contact. You couldn't. So a guy full of COVID touching a hand cart at Kroger and then you coming one second later and grabbing the same area of the hand cart, no transmission. It was impossible and they knew it from the And beginning. there was rumors that that would be like hours. Yeah, right. Hours. Yes. Well, I remember Jared talking about buying machinery and steaming his shop down. Exactly. Right. Remember, oh, yeah. he put a lot of money into that. And I mean, but that was to stay open, though. Jared that, said, that to so stay he, open. And for those that don't know, Jared ran a vape shop. He's a friend yeah. of the program. But it was beyond that, though. So Jared's a businessman. And Jared and I talked about this. They're like, look, whether we agree with this or not, people are going to want their places steam cleaned. So let's get let's get the equipment steam cleaned. Like, look, I'll sell you sure. ice if you're right. an Eskimo, if you're asking for right. it. Well, I will sell it to you. It right. was a health department requirement. Yeah. In some counties, and sure I think Frank, Franklin County was on board with that. Yep. You had to do it. Maybe the whole state of Ohio. Yep. It was so tragic. I've forgotten what uh, our dictator governor ordered everybody to do, but he basically mm-hmm. acted uh, under emergency powers that I don't know of any constitutional thing in Ohio that gave him the power to do a lot of what he did. Well, we, fact, we, we remember enough that we didn't. Yeah. We we put in a write-in. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, that's I, right. We a, remember we enough. We voted for Steve for yeah, governor. Exactly. <laughs> uh, there was uh, he he created emergency powers that didn't exist. Didn't exist. And then whenever there was somebody, whenever Congress wanted to, this is across country yeah. for these people that were doing it. Congress would say, "Wait a minute. The idea of an emergency is we don't have time to get Congress here or our local legislative bodies here, General right. Assembly in Ohio, right. together and actually." vet this appropriately. So we need to give some emergency powers in case uh, to, to help bridge the gap, but there's got to be a stop on that right. where we can then come back and do a referendum. And he was vetoing that stuff. Right. It's like when you're vetoing the very check on your own power yeah. because you think that you know better and your emergency powers is, is should trump all that. Right. It's dictatorship. Yeah. And, and he got reelected by what? 28 points. It was and ridiculous. Just, and, just, and there was a conservative Republican um, effort to impeach uh, Governor DeWine. I don't know if people actually know that, but articles of impeachment were filed by that. at least one state representative. I remember that. So yeah. uh, there what you know, I'm sure, I'm sure, now that would be an interesting guest, actually. It that just person. Is, <laughs> it's so, yeah. it, it just is so insane to me how people would fall into lockstep with this. And now we have the same people who fell into lockstep with it advocating for giving everybody a pass. Yeah. So it there and that was on the that was on the verge of a potential red wave. All these people are coming out saying, "Look, let's let bygones be bygones. Let's not, you know, everybody it was a hard time for everybody. Let's just uh let's let's not go back and investigate these people." Yeah. And I'm like, "Up your ass, man." It's like these people, if somebody made a legitimate mistake, I'm fine with it. By the way, guys, own up to it. I'm drinking Texas ranch water here. 
from Chuck Norris. Oh. Okay. So this that's is That's why you won your race. That's right. This is Chuck Norris water and like Mrs. Hussman used to tell me in grade school, Norman, did you bring enough gum for <laughs> everybody in the I mean you're drinking Chuck Norris water. Did you bring some for everybody oh, else? Oh gosh, he's sharing. Well, hell yes. I gosh. You did. Yeah, so for this is from Texas, boys. Well, thank you. Well, I'm impressed. Made yeah. America with recycled plastic. I've often thought that well, Ohio. I've often thought that um, Ohio needed a, an equivalent to the Texas Rangers. You are totally woke on this. Like, Certified woman-owned business. Yeah, recycled plastic. Sure, Norm. I know you I are women. riding it. Right, I'm, you're riding it. Next no. thing you know, I'm going to grow I'm, I'm Hooters I'm, or something. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I, no. I, I, love, I love it though. It, it, it's, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. So I guess you know this is sort of like end of the year type talk. Like, what's going to happen going forward? Are we really going to um, let these people have a pass on all this bad policy, all these bad practices? I mean, at, at least do an investigation to the extent somebody had a somebody made a mistake in the heat of a pandemic. I got no problem with it. But when they doubled and tripled down on it to cover up their own mistake at the outset and or if they made millions of dollars as a result of their actions on the personal side, I got a huge freaking problem. Yeah, we yeah. call that corruption. We call that criminal. This is this is embezzle. It's the functional equivalent of public embezzlement. I don't think truth is political. At the end of the Should day. Should not be. Anyway. That's right. At the end of the day, truth is the factual actual record of events or revelation of what occurred in fact. And the American public is entitled to know many of these questions and they have been submerged and buried. You know, if you remember, again, you, you might have to go in a way back machine, but if you watched the Watergate hearings, for example, where Richard Nixon was investigated, the Republicans on those committees were just as interested in the truth as the Democrats. Hmm. If there was abuse and Richard Nixon tried to get the FBI to work for his political benefit, he, he asked the attorney general, he asked the head of the FBI, he fired one attorney general and brought in, excuse me, he fired one special prosecutor and brought in another uh, you know, he did everything he could, you know, as an organism to, to defend and survive. And he ultimately was told by fellow Republicans, George Bush, the first, in fact, was the head of the Republican National Committee, went to the president, went to Richard Nixon and said, you must resign the presidency. It wasn't the Democrats. It was the Republicans. And you don't see any of that. You don't see any of that internal policing kind of feel. Yeah, to it. the skepticism. Yeah. Where is you know when Trump was president, you saw Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan react to this. It as it turns out, cooked up fake FBI allegation that Trump was colluding to the Russians, and for two years, the Republicans had the presidency, they had the House of Representatives, and they had the Senate, and they basically didn't pass anything. And it was because Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell blocked President Trump for, huh. for his first two years. They didn't do anything of any significance. They didn't get rid of Obamacare. They didn't build the wall. They, you know, I mean, they didn't do much. Trump had to use executive orders to, to accomplish anything. And 
Yet you don't see that on the other side. Where is the curiosity by the Democrats about whether or not Joe Biden is actually bought off by uh, our by had, our international uh, you know enemies? You had Kristen Cinema mm-hmm. and Joe Manchin sort of standing strong for a while, but even they caved eventually. Yeah, and, right. You know, it there mm-hmm. it's just lockstep, and maybe I, I don't know if it's going to keep going forward that way. In the long run, I think in the short run, it is. I think that's just how it's going to be. Yeah, it's all about winning now. It's yeah. not about the truth. I'm, I'm in, and dude, yeah. I am interested in the truth. I So if Jim Jordan and this uh, congressman from Kentucky that's going to look into the allegations of of of, of the um, of, of colluding with Ukraine, the communist Chinese, I mean, I mean, we're about to possibly have a hot war over Taiwan. And is Joe Biden... Is he is he compromised with the communist Chinese and and therefore would not act to defend Taiwan? The American people are entitled to know that because our boys and girls are going to go fight in that hot war if it happens. And we need to know, is our president compromised on that issue? Yes or no. That is an urgent matter of it's a factual matter. And I need to know the truth of that. That may look partisan to people that think about winning and losing, but we're talking about dead. We're talking about people who could be dead next week or the week thereafter if the sixth fleet is injected into a hot war between China and Taiwan. Yeah. This is big stuff. It's huge stuff. Yeah, it is. It and, is. I mean, I think Biden's come out and said we'll protect Taiwan, but that obviously that what's that mean? You know what he said? He it's said he saber. Will, it's saber rattling. He said something that know, was a little bit more watered down. Than that. Maybe, he said something like, "I will honor the agreement that, that we have it. with Taiwan," but the agreement has got some catch-alls in there. It's like he is not. He is never going to send us over there to protect Taiwan in the way that it sounds like he's saying we're going to protect Taiwan. We still have a one China policy yeah. where we're, we, we say, well, long-term you should reunite. Right. There's only one China. Yeah. No, it's, no, no. It's, it's total man, crapola. So total he is crap. not, I, I would be shocked if Biden's got the cojones to send over yeah. troops to protect Taiwan in the way that we're thinking. I don't think he will. You know, there's a case I want to, I don't, I know this isn't lawyer talk anymore, but there is a case that came out of Ohio. So I want to talk about it. And it's relevant to this scientific discussion that we had. There was a, and I'm not going to cite it. I'll do that all on a lawyer talk legal breakdown. But here's the here's the basic gist of it. About 20 years ago, somebody was convicted of uh, murder for a shaken baby. Um, Ooh, God. And, you know, that's the cringe moment that everybody has. Oh, God. And uh, at that time, there was this notion of shaken baby syndrome. Yeah. Shaken baby syndrome being if you've got eight ball hemorrhaging, you've got certain uh, injuries to the brain. Uh, those could only be caused by uh, shaking. And, uh, you know, it was based on this cluster of symptoms that doctors just sort of said, this is shaken baby syndrome. There was no real peer review on the science. There was no, uh, nobody really questioned it. Uh, So uh, outcomes from all of that, shaken baby syndrome, SBS. Wow. There were doctors would come into courtrooms and testify, yes, this is SBS, and therefore the only cause of this death could be shaken baby. And so, therefore, the caregivers for that baby were almost per se guilty. There were lots of people were yeah. convicted. Now, it doesn't mean that all people who were convicted of shaken baby type murder were actually innocent. Oh, of course it, not. Sure. Certainly not. No. But there was a case that reversed after 20 years. This guy gets a new trial based on the new science because lawyers, criminal defense attorneys, advocates for the cause. I'm not one of those. 
I am an advocate for my clients. But there are people who advocate for the cause, and they, we need those people. They came out, and, and they have been fighting this stuff for years. And, you know, if I would have walked into a courtroom when I first started practicing saying SBS is nonsense, I would have been, I would have been labeled. I would have been an outcast, and I did do that at times. Um, I would have been uh, chastised like, you don't know what you're talking about. This is a pandemic of the uneducated. That's how I would have been treated. Hmm. And, and it turns out that I was right. You know, it just, it was total crap. It, the, the science was bunk. It was not peer reviewed. It wasn't ever really tested. It wasn't, uh, terrible. It, it was, it turned out to be nonsense. Terrible. So guys after serving 20 years or girls after serving 20 years in prison are now starting to get, re, get released based on wrongful convictions. Judges are saying, you know what? You're right. This was bad science at the time. We're going to reverse the convictions. And, you know, I guess my point of all this is I will not go so far as to say, and I don't think it's true probably in, in any or very few, if any, cases, that the people who were testifying against these defendants really knew that they were wrong and really wanted to wrongfully convict somebody. I think the answer is probably the opposite. I thought they really thought they were right, and they really thought that they were getting the correct conviction. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if, you, if the opposite of that is true, if the other part of that is true, it's a dangerous problem that we'll have to deal with on a different topic. But, you know, if you have corrupt prosecutors seeking wrongful convictions— you know, that's like the highest order stuff. But I don't think that's what it was. So the point of all this is, is we look back and we're on this precipice of saying, let's give these people a pass for their dumb science. Um, no, no, well, it's not yeah. because people lost their lives literally because they couldn't get the medical care that would have saved them through ivermectin or otherwise. And not all the people that died would have been saved, right. but certainly some of them could have been and they couldn't get treatments that they deserved there were there were monstrosities being played out in hospitals and and in uh, hospice centers yes across the country i know in my own family um, my mother-in-law was slowly she was in hospice and she was passing away and um my wife uh, at and you know her immediate family her son her husband could only they had to go in and basically what was a you know a painter's outfit right so they had to toe in Tyvex or or some kind right, of like like you're going into the China yeah exactly. now this is a woman who's dying okay she's dying right the, the last thing anybody's worried about is transmitting if it even was you want to be with your loved one COVID right yeah. she's going to die. In the next six hours, right? Let her be with her family. And you won't yeah. let in more than one person, and that one person at a time, maybe, and they limited how many visitors per day, so it's two people per day, and each of those two people can only be in there for maybe a half an hour, and they have to be in a Tyvek suit. And they literally can't kiss her on the cheek. I mean, it's, it, it's we're, so ta- it, we're talking yeah. monstrosities here where people were looking at their dying grandma through a window. If, if, if she's on the first floor, that would be just a lucky coincidence. But they would have to go outside of the facility, tap on the window, and wave to grandma. Well, this is, so you have to ask, how does this happen? And Brett, you've heard me say this what before. The hell? It's like my big three, money, power, ego. And you know, I think all of those were at play here. So when, when people were wrong, Instead of like admitting it and reversing their tracks, they doubled down because their ego is in the way. Right. And then you had people that were wrong and didn't care because they were getting power and or money. Right. And it was like this perfect storm. And then you had the, the lemmings. This is what surprised me the most about the country is you had the lemmings saying, 
well, you know, they're doing the best they can, or we don't, uh, you know, we do, we believe them or whatever. It's like we're not. I'll gladly give up my rights. Our cake is baked with different ingredients in that, folks. Like, we left England. We left the king. We think for ourselves. Yeah, and and, uh, for me, I would love to see this all brought out in the light, what we did right, what we did wrong. If nothing else for the next, when this happens again in 100 years. We can learn from it. Well, what's scary is. We're going to have another Well, hell yeah, we will. Historically, it's shown that we will. You know, we did a 19... You know, in the 1920s. Well, Brett, you know, so, you know, there early are, 1900s. There yeah. are, I mean, to support your point, there are actively there there are voices calling for every flu season since masking was such a success and it was so readily accepted by the American people. They're now saying, hey, you know what? Every flu season, we should all mask up. And they're looking to get governors. I mean, now that the election's over. I could see Governor DeWine, we got a bad flu season coming up. I could see him ordering us all to remask again. And that's what the scary part of allowing executive order, whatever the hell they want right. to call it, saying, yep, we're going to do this. But I, I think if we don't dig down on what really happened and what did happen, we're doing a disservice to our people Absolutely. 100 years from now. We need yes. to know the facts. What worked and what didn't, what didn't. and why. And what is the power levers of corruption? What are the power levers of corruption? To be aware of. To be aware of. Exactly. And if the liberals yeah. are truly the party of science, they always like to say they are. That's like like with climate. You know, well, we're the party of science. You're a science denier. Oh, no, dudes, you people are the science deniers. Mm-hmm. You people are the ones that don't want studies before we do something. You want to go on a hunch or you want to use it because you can control people, you have like ulterior motives for a lot of this. Uh, it's scientific- so emergent that we have to do oh, it. We've There's got, no time to study we it. Get, we got to do it now. I Who was it that said recently the whole climate agenda, the whole Paris Accords is all based on the reality is in the next hundred years, the ocean's waters are expected to rise one eighth of an inch. Mm-hmm. On on the realistic now now like the the <laughs> catastrophic predictions which are like yeah they, the 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 mathematical models of those are so far out of a field that it's not worth discussing so so over even one on the, eighth like of the an best inch best realistic scenario is like this <laughs> tiny like one degree or half a degree of of climate and, and, and we don't even, even that know is questionable well we don't even know if so, so if we just if we just extinguished mankind if we just if we all just took a, a death pill and and laid down and died, we don't know if any of this is man-made. I mean, a solar sunspot can, can do this like yes. within six months. Yes. The entire climate could be different because of a solar flare or a sunspot or, or a and magnetic. we think they will <laughs> and fix it. It's well, so and, insane. And, and to go to that point to fix it, they are looking at, and they have been for a while, but I, they came up in the news during this global summit shit going down that we are now getting closer and closer to controlling our climate to controlling to, the weather no, to no, controlling China, the weather doing it yeah, yeah. They, they send stuff which up in the scares air and it the it. heck out of me it's, it's, it's bad yeah about one of Biden's, we don't mess with mother nature one, one, it, this whole system is pretty perfect if you think about it look, well, guys, and, and yes we may be fine, screwing with it a little bit you, but it's the it's fine-tuning of the universe god's fine-tuning of the universe right is incredible exactly and if we start tweaking that we are going to get what we deserve. Yes. Well, there was this program, I, I'm sure you guys caught it, uh, the, that Biden rolled out, and they're financing a study to 
see what they can do in outer space to deploy essentially an umbrella around the globe that will cut down on the amount of sunlight that can get through. I God, do you, did you guys, even realize how dangerous that even when you just well, say let's that? Kill all the plants. Well, guys, when the wrong minute. hands wait a minute but, turns off the light to to the world. But guys, what's funny about oh that? Oh my gosh! Has, hasn't the entire aegis of the EPA been to reduce airborne pollutants? Man-made <laughs> influences on the environment. So what we're going to do? We're going to just we're going to create the ultimate yeah, man-made right. influence on the environment. Right. Exactly. Right. It's like it's people, like. Wait a minute. I thought we were doing that with I industrial. The same big three: money, power, ego. Total. So total god. Com- it's, a, it's a god complex. It really well, is. And it's it's tied to money. Who's making money on right. these projects? Right. Yeah. Who's making money? Yeah, and uh, exactly. that's it's always it's always about the money. Oh, wow. I just I, I went to I'm not shy to say it. I went to a therapist to shrink during my a hard time in my life. And uh, well, that's we, that's very healthy and it's brave. Well, I think it's, for you. it should be done. For you. If you need it, you need it. Good grief. Absolutely. One of the things we talked about was was my cell phone. You know, it's like, you know, never unplugging and never like always being on call. It's like, man, I'm always stressed. I'm always like this. I got this. I got this. And he's like, why don't you just turn your phone off? I was like, yeah, but you know, if there's an emergency and he just laughed, he goes, when's the last time you had an emergency? Yeah, no shit. And I couldn't think of one. Yeah. Right. I could not think of one. So what do we do? We make little things emergencies now mm-hmm. because we have to justify what we're doing by creating emergencies. Right. But like a true emergency and they happen. I get it. Like your, your loved one is in a car crash. Right. But and he, then he would ask you, do you really think he won't be available if your loved one's in a car crash? Like somebody won't find like, what what happened before you had that device, right? And you know it's like, and you could say, well, it's it's preventative to have my cell phone in the car when I'm driving, and it is like that. It would be stupid not to do that anymore. Yes, right. It but is. it doesn't mean that I have to always answer a call at ten at night, at seven at night. I don't have to be on call twenty four seven. We don't have to be because we right. like these aren't emergencies, folks. They're not. So don't create emergencies to justify what you otherwise want to do for money, power, right. and ego. Yeah. Well, when we had that twenty four hour access, if you think about it, it, was landline phones. Right, we did. Yes. If, right. if our kids yes. or we needed to call mom and dad, the right. phone rang. Right. Jared we didn't had have- an emergency. Right, yeah. he mm-hmm. did, and you know, and fortunately, it was solved, but not because of. Uh, it, 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 it would have been solved either way, right? It's like sure. he, he wasn't on yeah. call 24-7 or right. whatever it is. You know, it just is one of those things where now, let's put life in perspective here. Yeah, unless you're going to go down and, and, and bail somebody out of, of night court, you know, and it's your son or some immediate relative, it can wait till morning. It can almost always wait. Yeah. yeah. It can right. almost always wait. And in fact, it might be a good lesson if it does wait till morning. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> true. Like, oh, true. Norm, you were you were driving drunk and and you you know and you got out after you crunched somebody's truck and you got in a fist fight. Hey, Norm, maybe your bass ought to be in the the, the pokey. <laughs> Just cool uh, off for until a, a nine day. o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Sober up and then I'll I'll waddle <laughs> down there and bail your ass out. But maybe you need to have a think. I was down in <laughs> I was down in Kentucky where there is very sketchy cell service. Yeah. I've almost unplugged. I've been hunting in Kentucky. How did that make you feel when you didn't have cell service? I that, felt did, great. Did you really? Right. Okay. I thought you maybe did at not, first it was a little, I was antsy at first, but then naked, eventually. Kind of, like, kind of naked feel? Yeah. After yeah. a day, I was like, man, I could live like this. You, you did uh-huh. not start to hum the the theme song for deliverance? No. But when I finally plugged in. You got a pretty mouth, Steve. I also, 
<laughs> I also may have used it as a partial. I, I look. I could go. I knew where I could go if I needed to get cell service. Yeah. yeah right. You know, sure. And it wasn't far away from where I was. Yeah. And it, you know, I used sort of as an excuse this notion I don't have cell service to to myself to but, say. But I got a gun and uh, I had a rifle. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would yeah. like to uh, just bring up a couple and pull over and whatever. And they ended up chasing him. He he went into a building. And, and, and they chased him in there, uh, and it was a daycare center. So you, you're, we're talking, you know, preschool children. And, uh, and mostly the, the staff is female, so very vulnerable. And he just busted through the front door. The cops were right on his heels. He jumped over a divider. There's little kids and basically a little, like, uh, one of those ballrooms where you, you know, bouncy rooms or whatever. And there's little kids in there. And this guy just pole vaults right over the divider into there. He didn't crush anybody. He was a rather heavy looking guy, maybe 300 pounder. And, um, and they tased him. And I got to thinking, you know, I, I could very easily see where the cops could be construed to be the bad guy. If the tase went wrong, look like there's been instances where they tase somebody, they have a heart attack, they die. And I got to be thinking about this, and, and luckily in this case it didn't happen. This man will go on and he'll have his trial or whatever, he, you know, he'll live. But it occurs to me that we need a precept in our criminal, probably common law. And I used to listen to the great Barry Farber describe this. Whenever there was a either a private citizen like an intruder into the house and a private citizen is defending their house or a cop is arresting somebody. And that precept would be violence by a criminal invites overreaction. I really love that concept because I don't think the rest of us, the nonviolent community, which is us three, which is the, the, the vast majority of American society is nonviolent. And when we are exposed to violence by other people, the idea that we have to act, the police or us in our homes or us on our property or Steve out there hunting or Brett driving home in his Jeep or, or me, you know, dealing with some crazy at the racetrack. If we are treated to violence, if we are approached violently, in, in whatever scenario, and we overreact, we make a little mistake. We maybe, you know, maybe the guy is starting to back out the window, but we can't tell because it's dark in the room and we shoot him anyway. So, you know, he's retreating and, 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 you know, I'm standing my ground and now I'm in trouble for some crazy reason because, you know, I overreacted. I like the idea and this triggered this thought this Warren, Ohio incident, that so what? If that guy had died from being tased, his family shouldn't be entitled to Jack Diddley. He went into a daycare center. He threatened those little babies. He threatened those women. He made the cops go in there and do his duty. And if they tased him to the point that his heart stopped, I don't give a shit. I care as a human being. I am sorry for his loss of life. But his family should not be able to get a dime from the Warren County Sheriff or the State Patrol or whoever, wherever municipality that was. And I feel the same way about all of this, that that innocent people should be, there ought to be a gimme, a mulligan for, for non, 
violent people who are having to handle violence that's imposed upon them. Well, the proof of burden on, like you said, the home invasion, the homeowner didn't see the person backing out. So prove that that homeowner had malice that, tr- you know, beyond scared shitless because they have a home invader Yeah, that, Look, you know, that, that it's like he intentionally, we, she, he intentionally wanted to, you know, knew that person. And I, I've been wanting to kill that person for, you know what I mean? It's just that. We already have in place everything necessary to effectuate your goal, Norm. And it doesn't mean that people just get an automatic pass. It means there are safeguards in the system. The government okay. still has to prove somebody guilty. The government still has to come in with evidence. And like you said, Brett, establish that this person didn't act in self-defense, now in Ohio at least, beyond a reasonable doubt. We were the last, I think, that 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 shifted a burden. But now the government has the burden of proving you did not act in self-defense. It doesn't mean that it's always going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy on the person who had to act in self-defense. Sure. But you have to go through it. And the reason you have to go through it is because when somebody doesn't really act in self-defense, you want to be able to catch that person too. And if you give everybody a pass, you're going to be liable to, to cast that free pass too broadly. And if you give everybody, if you don't give anybody a pass, then it casts too broadly the other way. The system isn't perfect, but it maybe is as perfect it can get. The, I think what you're really getting at, Norm, is political intervention into the process that already is there, like we saw with Floyd, like we saw with um, any of these alleged police brutality cases, because there are instances where police go too far and they ought to be prosecuted sure. and there ought to be a check on that. Otherwise, yep. we can't prevent it from happening again. Right. Sure. But then when the pol- politicians come in and say, we don't care about the standard, we're going to make this about race. We're going to make this about gender. We're going to make this about uh, we hate the police. So we're going to go after these people artificially. Now that's a problem. It's like anything else. Like the system works. Let it work. Uh, just don't meddle. Yeah. And and we have started to meddle. Yeah. For political purpose, both right. sides, and yeah. and I think the general public doesn't realize there are systems in play. Yeah, it, it looks as though outside right. looking in, it's willy nilly. That's right. It, that's, it does. It, it really. It I mean, does. but from my before it's I chaos. It, it looks like chaos. It looks exactly. Like chaos. From my point of view, it did until I started learning a lot from you and listening to the lawyer talk and, and knowing you over the past few years. Now I have a better feeling that things do work out. They tend to. They and, tend to. Yes. And, and the exceptions make the news. But give it time. And what what citizens really want to live their lives is they want a very clear rule book. They they want sure. they want to know what the what the boundaries and the limits are. They want to understand their rights. Yeah. And you know, I was just thinking I'm coming down to a, you know, bad neighborhood, let's say, and I'm thinking, okay, I've got a pistol. It's loaded, but it's in a lockable it's in a safe. It's in a portable safe. And I got to thinking, well, here I am. I'm, supposedly, this is now constitutional carry. I'm not even carrying it. Could I just put that locked safe where only I know the combination and just keep it in my pickup truck? And I actually don't know the answer to that question. Well, you need to listen to Munitions Podcast. I get, I get it. That's but where you see, need to go. <laughs> those kinds of questions where a good guy, right. a non-criminal, a non-felon, a guy who has no criminal record whatsoever, except some traffic ticket. <laughs> I don't... New Albany. I don't... Yeah. New you fought the long guy. I don't, even, I don't even know. I mean, that kind of shit just drives me nuts. Like, yeah. why isn't it crystal clear, you know, what you can and cannot do? Why is it such a freaking mystery and I have to expose myself to a felony to, to find out the answer. 
That's ridiculous. Yeah, well, yeah I'm, I'm seeing all these mods, mod, modifications you can do to Jeeps. I'm a brand new Jeep owner back again, a Jeep owner, but all these mods, I'm seeing these pics of of, of uh, modifications of having a pistol right by your door. Yeah. And I'm yeah. just cringing going, God, what state are you in? It's like, Ohio. Yeah, I know. You know. Anywhere. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, but to your point. Yeah. Why? Right. Just because you can. Yeah. And, well, and then, and to your point too of, wow, talk about opening up a can of worms. You better know what you're doing with that thing. You better know what the hell. You better know what the hell. People ask me all the time, and we just, uh, in the munitions podcast with Derek DeBras, this other show I do, we just interviewed Andrew Bronca, and Andrew Bronca is a self-defense expert. And, you know, I I said it there, and I've said it before. People ask me all the time. I'm a a huge gun advocate, a firearms advocate. Um, I I hunt. I I have You believe in self-defense. I've heard you. I believe in self-defense. Absolutely. I absolutely do. I don't carry a gun concealed or otherwise day in and day out. And, you know, people ask me all the time why. And my response is always a sort of flip response, like, because I'm afraid I might have to use it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you would say that that sort of answers the question both ways. That's why you would carry it. But it's also why I don't want to carry it because it's a huge responsibility. And I don't feel like I'm up for the task. And not, not that I'm not a man and can't take care of myself. But I don't spend the hours training that I think I should if I'm going to undertake that obligation to go carry a gun because it is, you know, you can easily get yourself in huge trouble if you pull your pistol and have to use it. And uh, you may not even really understand who the bad guy you is. You may not know. Right. Yeah. I mean, you see a guy pull a gun. They're not wearing a white or black suit yeah. like in the Cowboys. It could be an off-duty <sighs> cop that recognizes you know, somebody who's wanted and they're both in a McDonald's and you see a cop maybe undercover looking, he's got a scraggly beard. It happened in that mall case a a few years back. Yeah. And And he pulls a gun on a guy who's neat and clean and all that. And you're thinking, Oh, this is a criminal. No dude, you may not know who the cop you like. You need to maybe stand, just take a pause. Yeah, it's exactly. It's a huge responsibility. Yes. And I, I praise those who undertake it. I also pray that they undertake it with the proper training, experience, and knowledge to use that weapon in a in a in the in the correct way. But yeah. all right, well with that we're going to wrap up another uh, comment since oh, oh, we were almost going to. Yeah, just real fast, guys. I want to mention um, Kurt Rowe, um, Major Kurt Rowe of the Ohio Civil Air Patrol, thirty year service in that volunteer organization, and as you know, they assist the Air Force and the State Patrol as a civilian organization. Um, he was one of the five crewmen. In fact, he was a crew chief on the uh, Texas, um, oh goodness, I'm going to forget the name, Texas Rangers, uh, Texas Raiders uh, B-17 that was involved in that mid-air collision oh. uh, of the commemorative Air Force down in Dallas. So I, um, I just, I want to I say something as an Ohioan, uh, that we honor a uh, major row, uh, in, and uh, it was a terrible accident. Nothing intentional. Two airplanes trying to occupy the same space. One apparently, this is th- the gist of what most people have been saying that know about this stuff. Apparently, the pilot of the fighter plane uh, that crashed into the B seventeen uh, had was being directed by the Airbus to fly a different pattern, and he didn't see that where he was flying was also where the B-17 was. So, you know, there was a human error. Uh, That guy had 34,000 hours in that Bell Aero Cobra, uh, Mm. that that, that fighter plane. So this was no amateur pilot. This guy, 34,000 
hours in that cockpit. I think he knew how to fly that plane, but but uh, it, obviously there was a blind spot, and and the experts say where he would have needed to see was uh, through the floor of the fighter plane, and then he would have seen the B seventeen. Yeah. So it's a terrible error. And one of the uh, crew people was uh, an Ohioan, uh, Major Kurt Rowe. We honor you, sir. And that was done for Veterans Day. It was a uh, an air show uh, in honor of the veterans. And uh, we all honor our veterans here on this show, too. All right. Well, yeah, obviously praying for uh, all those involved in that. And uh, what a horrible, yeah, horrible tragedy. But, um, well, uh, that will wrap it up. I don't know that we'll be here next week after Thanksgiving. Maybe uh, we'll talk as a team here and decide that. Uh, but uh, if not, we'll see you in two weeks after the holiday, and uh, the show must go on, Common Sense Ohio, uh, talking about all issues that make common sense or trying to make common sense of all issues maybe that don't make common sense, and we're doing it right here at 511channel511.com, uh, Studio C. So uh, as always, if you want your own podcast, easy to do. Just uh, contact uh, Brett. He's your podcast. He could be your podcast guy. He's my podcast guy, and you can reach him at circle270media.com. Uh, and uh, with that, we will wrap it up. It is uh, Common Sense Ohio right from the middle, at least until now.